Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center. It's Cofield and Company. War up against Harkless. With McCabe switching on to the star player for the Spartans. Colbert drives, elevates, and crushes it home with two hands. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Cofield and Company here on this Wednesday. Battleborn Injury Lawyers, Battleborn Broadcast Center. Justin Watkins in in a little bit. Our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider. Plenty to get to today. Now the quarterback carousel is uh, fully in rotation as Derek Carr is on the carousel. And at some point, Aaron Rodgers is going to go into a dark room and then come out. So we'll get to that early in the show. We got a bunch of uh, local initiatives with uh, sports involved and politics and public money. So that'll be in the middle of the show, and uh, we'll also get into the uh, further get into the hire of Shane Steichen, former UNLV quarterback who is now running the Colts as the head coach. And you know, we've got a, a bunch of folks that we know who played in that era. So Eric Wright, who is one of the more successful guys on the next level, Eric Wright, former NFL player and Rebel, will join us. Willie's here. What's up, Willie? What's happening? How are you? You tell me. Oh, you know, just m- muddling my way through. Oh. Just had I just had a nice protein source burger. I, I tweeted it out about an hour ago. I said I, I need a fuel up for my three hours with Cofield. Okay. As long as I don't call you grumpy, I think we're okay. Did you hear that yesterday? I got chastised by Adam Hill because he had his family listening <laughs> uh, while we were in uh, Phoenix on Radio Row, and uh, you know, every once in a while I'll call Adam out if he comes. You know, we come back from break and just, you know. Just, Concentrating on something else. Let's go. Come on. You know, don't have time to crank up the engine. And uh, his his family was driving around. They got all mad at me because I called him grumpy because he's got a lot going on. I mean, that seriously, there's a lot going on. You have a lot going on. Well, we all do. But, you know, stuff happens. So his family got a little annoyed. Do they not know how much we call you cantankerous? <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Do you not know who's doing the show with Adam and what happens just about every day? So we come out of the gates with uh, what's happening around. The National Football League. By the way, you heard some UNLV basketball there on the way back. And uh, Matt Nevert, who did uh, TV with myself last night on Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. It's uh, Well, that was a bad feeling last night. We'll get to that in about 40 minutes. Uh, not a good time right now for UNLV basketball. And they got to get it together down the stretch here with a, a weird Sunday spot coming up at Boise. So trying to right the ship, get going in the right direction. Oh, boy. Boise is uh, very tough. But Derek Carr is the news nationally. Man, I, so many graphics. You know, little memes about Derek Carr. He is the freaking bell of the ball because Rodgers is going to kind of disappear here for a little bit. But Carr is available. And, you know, the other day we argued over whatever the terminology is, frenzy, whatever. There's going to be interest in Derek Carr. But I've always thought this is exactly what he wanted. He wanted to feel like he's he's won, right? He wants to be, uh, you know, on the other side of the uh, folks around the NFL being thirsty. So he's getting it right now. He's getting it. And there are a lot of at least a lot of fan base. It doesn't mean the teams are truly interested in paying whatever price it's going to be, but he's getting a lot of attention right now. Good for him. Well, and as he should be getting the attention because there are a lot of teams that need an upgrade. And let's be honest, we've had this conversation since last season after the Gruden debacle and um, just sort of what Carr meant to the Raiders on and off the field and then – where he came into this, you know, and, and the biggest topic has been, is he a top 10? Is he a top 12? Where does he rank? And let's be real. There are some teams out there that would love to have a top 15 quarterback at this point. 
right? So they come they come out of last season when they didn't have one. So he should be excited, and he should right now with uh, Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, I was wrong right that day. Remember, you were like, uh, I, I thought for sure you'd, I, I, I thought for I, sure I, you were no. going to have the vast sound crew pull no. pull that audio no. because since, I wouldn't since, dare. since I pushed to have audio when I'm right, but. No. You're like, hey, up, you're like, well, up, 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 where, where are you getting that from? I, I where are you getting that from? And I remember, did, I said, I did fight you a little bit. And Adam's source, I think, was, you know, one of the folks from the McAfee show. As it turns out, Adam was saying Wednesday, you were saying Monday. Uh, Rogers apparently is going in Friday. Friday. Listen, listen to what Rogers said uh, when he was on McAfee yesterday, because and basically explained to everyone, whoever you NFL insiders are, trust me, you don't have an inside source. No one is in my inner circle. You don't know what you're talking about when you're stirring the pot, reporting about me. I have no problem with Ian Rappaport, Schefter. I think they're really good at their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know sh They really don't. They don't have people in my inner circle who are sources. I can promise you that. And anybody who would talk to them is not in my inner circle. It's that simple. So I've had this planned on the books for four months for the same time. And when someone like that goes on and says something that's not true, it creates a story that's bull and it just keeps on going and going and going. There you go. So the Spun or Fox News or whatever you got that from, he was speaking to them as well. It was MSNBC and Fox News. Wherever they aggregated it from. Here's the problem when you, and this should be a lesson for everyone out there. I'm not chastising you. No, you're right. When you go on the web, it winds up going through like 14 filters, and right. you don't even know who the original source was. Right. And Because a lot of times, once it gets to like three places, where because everyone's pulling from different sites, then you can't even really source back to the original person or outlet who said it. That's right. And, and, and we said... That day, I said Fox, and I said MSNBC, and they're respectable news organizations. One of the most respected, if not, you know, well, one of the most when it comes to pro football, pro football talk, they aggregate some of their stories and they put their own twist on it. I had my article written after the Raiders season finale was aggregated. Shereen Williams, who we both know, who we both have the utmost respect for, a Hall of Fame writer. I actually texted her and said, hey, thanks for throwing, you know, but she re re rewrote something that I wrote and then put her own spin and twist. So some of the top most respected media outlets, but it's kind of like one of those things where I'm going to whisper in Steve's ear and by the 10th ear, there's going to be a little bit of twist somewhere down the line. So anyway, that being said, Aaron Rodgers clarifies it's this Friday with him doing so. Yes. Derek Carr is thrust into the spotlight because well, Hey, while Aaron's doing his thing, let's court Derek, uh, Derek. And again, as I said, he should be courted considering there are teams that did not have a top 15 quarterback under center last this past season and would love to have a veteran that could come in and do a lot better than what they had. I was looking at the uh, 33rd team, good website with a bunch of current players, former players, and a lot of uh, front office people and coaches, the 33rd team, uh, FB, up on Twitter, and they had the teams who may be interested. Or actually, the question was, where will Derek Carr land? Bucks, Panthers, Jets, Saints, Colts. Not Redskins, not football team. What are they? Commanders. Yeah. Commanders, right? I don't like that name. Um, these could all be wrong. You know what? What's interesting about Derek Carr, because De um, Aaron Rodgers just chastised a bunch of people, but pointed out, too, specifically in uh, Rap and Sheffy, that there are no good sources on him. Where are we getting Derek Carr information from now? Because we know over the years here in Vegas, Camp Carr, uh, the agents, would go to Vinny, who's over on Raider Nation Radio 920. He had the insight on that. He was the he was the guy who was able to put a lot of stuff out um, that you know Carr, uh, Camp Carr had to say. Now what? Where does he go? 
You think he's still going to go local, or do they have the, you know do they Who, have someone or, or does David Carr Tim Younger? I'm saying Camp Carr. So Camp it, could, Carr. it could be David They're Carr. It could be go. Younger. Do they go? Do they? Is it just David? Do they find someone else at NFL Network? No, Where no, do you no. think they feed their info? Well, they're no, they're definitely going to feed their info. First of all, in this situation, you have they're going to strategize as to where they want and how they want the spin out there. So if if Derek Carr is being courted by the Jets, the Saints, let's say the, the NFC South, we talked about the NFC South the other day, the Bucks, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, they need quarterbacks, right? They're going to put out the information that they want out there to that media and probably Schefter and the brother, you know, anywhere where it's going to feed. At this point, the stories have been done. Like I'm working on a piece right now for the Sporting Tribune, but I'm not going to tell the exact same story that everybody wrote yesterday. It's no knock on those guys. They cover the team every single day, and I get it. But at this point, once he signs, it should just be a blip. That's it. Derek Carr signed with somebody, former Raider. There's really not much more for the Las Vegas media to report on with this guy. There's a, it's not a Derek Carr beat. It's a Las Vegas Raiders beat. He's gone. It's over. So, I mean, they can <laughs> What are you talking about? When there are breakups, both sides are kind of looking around. They're like, all right, well, I know where I, I want to go. You're but, wrong. but what's my ex doing right now? Everyone wants to know what the ex is doing. Right. And it's and it's a quick story. Okay. Do we want to know what the are, ex is doing. Are we getting stories on the headlines of Marc-Andre Fleury? Because uh, we did initially. Once he signed. But that's it. Once he signed, that's it. Oh, there, was a, there was a bit of a following for a few months. Now Come he's, on. Now he's become irrelevant. Come on. The only story after he signed with the Blackhawks was that the, his return, that Flurry returns for the first time. Yeah, outside of that, you're the only one that still wants a statue outside of T Mobile. I do want that statue, and I hope he comes back. Uh, you also realize comparing it to Flurry is kind of absurd. The NFL is five million times bigger than the NHL. So the interest in where Derek Carr goes and plays is so much bigger in Steve, this market and in Northern California. What did I just say? The story when he signs is story, but from there, that's it. We don't need to hear anything more than that. Is that Derek? Hello. <laughs> You're going to the Saints? <laughs> Call Vinny. I don't know. I didn't, even, I didn't even ask. I didn't want any of the story. It's not my story. Oh, it's not Vegas base. It's done. It's finished. Just report. Hey, he signed. He's done. He's good. We'll catch you next season. And then if he comes, especially if they, he signs with the team that's going to play the Raiders. But no, I just think that once he signs, move on. The focus for the local beat, the Raiders. So going back to the original point, Camp Carr, they don't need to feed the local media anymore. Unless, okay, unless, that's what you were getting at. Okay, yeah, I get yeah, it. I get it. Yeah. Well, but, but there are relationships, you know. They, sure. they like Vinny. So why not give it to Vinny? I think he, there's a pipeline beyond Vinny, but yes, I get it. It's, I can't wait to find out who it is. You know, you know who who else outside is. the market. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Lady Rebels are back tomorrow. It's a Thursday game. They're at home at San Jose State. If you haven't been following, they've uh, made the top twenty-five for the first time in thirty years. Lady LaRock's team is twenty-four and two, fourteen and zero in the Mountain West Conference, and like I said, number twenty-three in the country. They're taking on San Jose State. The attendance has been picking up, so they moved it to the Thomas and Mac tomorrow. It's a six thirty tip. You can still get dollar tickets up until midnight tonight. Uh, it's going to be a fun event, probably in the second half. Uh, they're going to use that T-shirt gun to uh, give away another free tuition to a UNLV student for the uh, fall semester, uh, this fall semester. Uh, free canes for students uh, right before the game. First 2,500 in, get 
t-shirts, play for K t-shirts, and it's $2 beer night. $2 beer night. So get out there. Lady Rebels taking on San Jose State, looking to go 15-0 and in the Mountain West Conference and post their 25th win. And with the 15-0 and in the Mountain West, they lock up the regular season title. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. How we doing, Seas Kingdom? Hey, man, I just want to give y'all a special shout-out, man. Uh, I appreciate our support, man, uh, from Missouri all the way to here, man. Uh, this, like Pat said, man, it's just the beginning. Uh, we're just getting started, man. I'll see y'all, boy, next year. I can I get a big old M-I-Z? You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Nick Bolton, Super Bowl champion, played at Mizzou, played under one Barry Odom, now the UNLV head coach. And uh, Nick found out quickly there that when you're in Kansas City, uh, you try to start a Missouri chant, the uh, allegiance is a bit split. There's quite the war between uh, Kansas and Missouri and Kansas State, so he got almost no feedback. But uh, good times at the parade. Did you get to watch any of it? Was it up to the uh, Kelsey Plum standard? No. No? I didn't watch it. I don't know if it was up to their standard. But I listen, nobody will ever live up to Plum Dog. I'm sorry. You just It's going to take a lot. I, I mean, you know, it. I mean, Plum, like – when you think of cha- celebration parades, championship parades, I mean, the la- like you, you, you can picture different things, different sayings. But like prior to last year with the Aces, it was Shaquille O'Neal redoing the Warriors, Cyrus, remember? Or was it Cyrus? Yeah. When he said, can you dig it? Then last year with, with Kelsey Plum <laughs> just, just kind of sauntering on with cigar in hand. Dropping f bombs. I'm sorry. It's just it's it's more. It was. We haven't seen all the highlights yet in Kansas City. No, I, no I did. No, I did hear no. one of the themes today, uh, and I believed I'd heard as I was listening to Fox Sports Radio over on our sister station on uh, 98. Nope, check that. Yeah, that's no, right. Station 99 FM. I can't keep track of the station sometimes. Uh, a lot of Fox Sports Las Vegas, but I I had heard him a Mahomes cut, and he sounded like very grizzled. He was not very Kermity, so I think they had the right person. But uh, guess what path he went down? Hmm. The narrative that no. ev- everyone said that the chiefs were rebuilding yeah there was another one I- which hey if it, if it motivated him willie okay but let's let's just point out everyone didn't say that vegas didn't say that because if that was the case then the chiefs would have been fifth choice in the afc and certainly on this show i fought that all summer now my one of my notions that i was backing was kind of using as ammunition for them not rebuilding was juju i thought juju would step in and be really good, he was good. But not everyone thought you were rebuilding, but whatever floats your boat, whatever motivates you. I believe this is Kelsey saying, everybody counted us out, everybody. And I I, I have, I, I screen recorded the video and, and put it up on, on, on my Facebook page. The Chiefs were minus 240 to make the postseason. They were never underdogs to make the postseason. This narrative that they were not supposed to be there is comical. STFU and enjoy your title with a couple of clown emojis. I love it. I love it. I yeah, mean, don't let facts get in the, in the way of a good narrative. All right. So, right? so things hey, like that. I'm just going to the facts. Yeah. Things like that sort of ruin it 
for me, like in this parade. Like, let's not make the narrative like like everybody doubted. Just stop it. We overcame. The only, the only we thing, overcame. The only thing that a lot of people doubted, including me, not you, was that quite possibly the AFC West was going to slip from yeah, their hands. Right. But nobody said that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Right, right. And the AFC West turned out to be It was supposed a, to be a three-team race. Kind of a flop. You're right. The Chargers to... were around expectations, probably a little short. And the Broncos and Raiders were disasters. I, I would say, actually, the Chargers were probably a big flop because everyone thought this was a year that they were going to dethrone the Chiefs as the AFC. And it looked like crap. For I mean, compared yeah. to what they were supposed to look like. So, yeah, they proved... Don't make us hate you. Yeah. Don't, we, yeah, like we yeah, are, yeah. We're already don't make really, us appreciate yeah, you. We're, 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 we're going to give you a couple of days, right? Good for you. You won the title. And then tomorrow we'll probably get back into, my God, you're so lucky you got Mahomes up yours. Up yours. But you, you know, know what? You hear, ready? <laughs> right? Totally. Both of us. Both of us with the, the freaking chin flick. All right? Hey. Oh, all right? Here's your, exactly. Here's your here's disrespect. The here's By the your way, disrespect. you see, you see uh, Orlando Brown use the chin flick? Yeah, it was nice. It was pretty good, right? Yeah. What do you say? You talk about no sacks, right? Didn't he? I think he mentioned something about no sacks. There, put it on a just, T-shirt. Just uh, one of their offensive linemen. He said, "Put." Uh, he said, zero sacks. Put it on an F and T-shirt, and then did Tony Soprano with the "ew" with the chin yeah. flick. Right. To a, it was in Melfi's office. Why did he do that to Melfi? <laughs> or was he Who telling did? a story? Dude, what do you mean? He turned over a glass table and got in her face. That's a good point. At one point, spitting on her in mid. That is a good point. He yeah. was hovering over her. He got very scary. Called her a C word. Okay. So, uh, but you nailed it a second ago. You said, don't make us not like you. They're right now, they're kind of a likable champion. You know what happens with most of the teams that you don't that you don't like or really dislike? It's the fans. It's the entitlement the fans get and how obnoxious they are. Yeah. And that's most fan bases don't. Like, don't real when they're in the middle of a dynasty mm. and they are, you know, at the front end of a dynasty here, mm. they start to lose like vision on what the hell it was like before. Like, and it's not luck. They listen, they moved up and they got Patrick Mahomes. Was he supposed to be this good? No, he's friggin' awesome. But it's the fans. Like, did I, I don't like Belichick, but did I really hate Brady? No. And I think you've seen that and heard that on the air. I like the guy, Who's- right? But it was the Patriots fans who got unbelievably obnoxious. Whose fan base would you think like like deserves to have fun because they like I know which fan base I think would be fun to see win a championship and have some fun with it and they wouldn't be obnoxious. They would be it would be fun to see. I know right off the top of my head I'm thinking just because I Are you went going NFL or something else. No, NFL. NFL. Cincinnati was right there. I was going to say Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Cleveland They've been be. hell holes for the most part of football. Yeah. Because I I went to a Cleveland game and and they play the Raiders. They play the Raiders. This was a while back, but man, you talk about just like I, I so what are you going there for? Like business or you got an assignment? I was like, no, I've just never been there. Why would you go there? It's like the armpit. I was like, okay, enough. First of all, I want to go to Canton. I've never. I wanted. I mean, that's just. I gotta go to. I, I want right. to go. Yeah. Well, here's this a chin, chin enough. Okay, uh, enough. Don't tell me where I can go. You know what? Some of the nicest sports fans I met. Some people that are sitting behind me, season ticket holders, two guys, and then a father and a daughter in there older. Like the, the woman was my age, so the, the father was even older. We ended up in the second half behind us. It was in the new stadium. And the bar, it was like a nightclub bar. Like it was all decked out, right? Yeah. 
We ended up in there for the second half doing shots. We walked back down to 6th Street after they beat the Raiders, hung out. This woman took the day off from her job the next day so I didn't have to go to the Hall of Fame alone. Just just showed up, came and hung out with me, whatever. Just some of the nicest people. I mean, just partying in the streets, walking back to and from the state and whatever. I would like to see that fan base with the championship. I'll have to I'll admit it that the if the Jets were good for a couple of years, Jets fans would be unbearable. Mm. Just like Yankee fans are. 49er fans, unbearable. They what, still puff out their chest a lot. What do you think the Eagles fans would have done if they would have won? Would they be unbearable or would they be fun? Aside from having a grease it, It's pretty much the same deal with most fan bases. They're It's okay for a couple of days when they win, and then after that, they just get out of control. We got to call your boy Soren and see what's up down there. I had a, got a good conversation with, with Soren. <laughs> I was going to book him, and then everything went a different direction. So hmm. <laughs> that, that happens sometimes when you get a couple of alphas talking. So that's, that's the way that whole thing went down. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the chin flick from Orlando Brown. He's going to be our I, team uh, for the day. I retweeted. I said, it, it's Kansas City. You got enough mob ties. You know, certainly connected to Vegas, right? Sure. Watch the movie Casino. Absolutely. The freaking notebooks at the butcher shop. Is that what it was? Or was it just a, a convenience store? It was like a Him deli. His mom con- the whole like, time. Yeah, deli. And then they had the wire. and Just they, telling they, stories. They, telling st- writing out all the details in a notebook and wire. Right, because he told her. He, he goes, if I'm going to have to go back and forth, I'm going to start keeping receipts. No receipts. No receipts. <laughs> but then they had the they had the deli wired yeah. little the store and and the and the mom that plays it is uh, isn't that Scorsese's mom? It is. Yeah, she's a fantastic. Actress. She's awesome. Yeah, she's she's really good. She's not really playing a character. She she's plays, Italian mom, she, but she's she plays awesome. his mom in Casino. She plays Pesci's mom in Goodfellas. Yeah, when Pesci uh, they come home from yeah. doing some rabble rousing. Yeah, she's trying to feed him. De Niro. You never De Niro, around. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Oh, I never see him. I never see him. Henry, what's wrong with you? You're always so quiet. This is man of a thousand voices. Did they ever tell you about the painting I did? It's good, man. That's good. I tried to do uh, Pacino on Monday, and you guys crushed me. I didn't say stupid My stupid inches speech. Yeah, I didn't. All right, coming up, let's get some reaction on what's going on in uh, Colts land. Shane Steichen is the new head coach. We're going to try to track down a former Rebel, former NFL player, Eric Wright. Today, after unnecessary roughness, it's the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at 5 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. We're going to throw to score points and run to win. Now, that could look different each week. You know, we sometimes I went into games like, hey, we're going to throw it a bunch, and then we end up running it 45 times. So um, it's going to, the flow is going to dictate that. Um, I know we got some pieces in place to get that done, uh, and we should be ready to roll. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, real cool story. Shane Steichen working his way up in the NFL, got to work with the Eagles most recently as the OC, got some time with the Chargers, been in the NFL since uh, around 2010, was at UNLV, in and out starter from 2003 to 2006. And uh, Eric Wright's one of the guys who uh, was on some of those rebel teams and played in the NFL and he joins Willie and Cofield. How are you, sir? All right. How you guys doing? We're good. We're good. You got everything around you stable. We heard, uh, you might have the <laughs> child getting rowdy. I mean, we, th- these things happen on radio. You, we can all deal with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you guys, uh, understand because yeah. you know, one, one, one false move on a, on a bluey play set and, and the nap is over, you know, yeah. that's the way it goes <laughs> oh. sometimes. <laughs> 
all hell could break loose. It makes, we did, we makes did for good of, live radio. Yeah, I was going to say, we did a lot of uh, split shows during COVID, so, uh, and Willie had just gotten a dog, so you never know if the dog was going to grab the rope toy, start barking. Uh, Willie's turning to the side, trying to calm the dog down. It Those happens. Great. It happens. Right, right on, right on. No, we, we got it. We got it in order right now. So we're good. All right, let's, let's get to the, listen, let's get to the yes. order of business before we talk about your former teammate. Point blank, DB, star from USC, UNLV, and the NFL. I'm assuming you didn't like the call at the end of the game. No, man, it was a disgusting call. <laughs> um, I, I think it's. You know, it's from a DB's perspective, so I'm sure you guys, you guys got to understand that that's something that happens kind of like every other play, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, the refs, the refs would even tell you that they can call hold it on every single play if they really wanted to, you know, on any any number of different players. So to me, it just seemed really light. That was a light tug. Um, it was within the contact zone, of five in between five yards. It wasn't really anything that he gained a, a clear advantage of. We could have let it go, but you know, it happens, man. It happens in the crunch time sometimes. He 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 wrapped his hand around the hip. That was for sure. Do you think it get? Do you think it gets ignored if he doesn't tug the jersey? Oh yeah, I mean any tugs up top, um, you know they they and especially in the crunch time, it just looks so flagrant um and it, it forces the rest to have to just do something about it um but even still it was still pretty pretty well executed in my opinion you know a lot of dbs use that that tug move to kind of uh try to gain an advantage but i don't think he even gained any any sort of advantage on it he had to put his hand on him after that too to kind of uh flip his leverage and get outside and get in a position to try to make a play not to mention the ball was you know and they're thrown out of bounds too, so you know they had to go with the hold, and they couldn't call PI. I mean, it, it is what it is, man. It happens. It happens. So. Speaking of former UNLV Rebel Eric Wright, follow him on E Righteous Twenty One. That's with the W E Righteous with the W Twenty One. I love following you during the NFL season because whatever game you're watching, especially if it's a prime time, like. You should be like the third color commentator. There's a play-by-play man, the color commentator, and then you should be the third one because you break down every defensive play, it seems like. Um, so it's always fun to, to follow you on Twitter during the games. Um, so the Chiefs now win their second championship. Um, they got their third time in four years. Is this the beginning of a dynasty? Have they already entered dynasty talk? What do you think about this Chiefs, the makeup of this Chiefs team right now? Um, I mean, I think they're locked and loaded to to be able to continue to go back and go back and uh, make a run at it. I mean, they they've been in every single AFC title game, uh, almost every single since Pat's been there, and uh, I think he's trying to even shun shun away some of that uh, those comparisons to other dynasties and different things like that. But this is the closest thing we've seen in 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 past years, uh, and really since uh, New England did it. So. Uh, I think uh, that that core that core um, the core combination of Andy and, and Pat and and Travis and those guys uh, are I mean they're frankly getting it done so I, I would call it something like it if they get one more then you, you can't deny it Eric from a from a DB standpoint 
Um, we've we've heard the conversation of Pat Mahomes already entering the GOAT conversation to chase Tom Brady. What makes him so difficult with what he's able to do and pull off? You're, put yourself in today's DB shoes under the mask. What, what makes him so difficult? Well, I mean, it's a mixture of, of different things from, from the way I see it. Um, I mean, schematically, they do a lot of things to um, sort of gain advantages, whether it's uh, – you know, run pass options. You got the misdirections with the screen game and the run game, and uh, they just they they just put a lot of pressure on you to be right amongst the the eleven guys on the defense. They force you. They motion and shift a lot. They force you to communicate, and and then that's so that's before the play even is even snapped. And then you have a guy as talented as, as Pat and guys like like Travis Kelsey who can get open at, at you know at any point in time in the game. So it just makes it difficult from from mentally to physically, from beginning of the play to the end of the play. So, I mean, obviously Pat Mahomes is, is a great thrower of the football. He can he can get it off at any angle. He can stretch the play, and that puts, that puts schoolyard ball into it too because, you know, you may have the original route uh, covered pretty well, and then Pat rambles out and, and starts creating on his own. So, I think uh, they they just do a good job from from beginning to end, from the play design to the actual execution of the play to the actual uh, player that's executing it are amazing. So it just it's just a lot of it's a lot of work out there. <laughs> Once again, speaking with Eric Wright, who played here at UNLV and played opposite side of the ball at Rebel Park from Shane Steichen former quarterback, and uh, Shane just obviously part of the Eagles' offensive staff that went to the Super Bowl. Now he is the head coach of the Colts. What did the Colts get in Shane Steichen? I think they, they got a guy that's dedicated to the game, man. I, I got a big smile on my face because, you know, I, I love that guy. He's an easy guy to, to like, man. You know, he, he he's just dedicated to football, man. And I, I was there for uh, – we played in 06 together. Um, he battled through some injuries and and and, and played pretty well um, as well. But you know, the one thing that I I saw even from back then was that hey man, he loved football. He wanted to know every single thing in regards to the X's and O's. He he sat tight to the coaches. You know, took a lot of notes and is you know was a studious guy. So you could kind of imagine this for him even back then. So I'm just happy that he put the work in, put a lot of time in, and, and, and now he's here on a, on, a, on a major stage on the head coaching level. Um, I'm proud of that guy. Eric Wright, former cornerback with the Rebels, played at USC, the NFL with the Browns, the Lions, the Bucks, and the Niners. Can you tell when you, you play alongside a guy or even a guy across the way that they could be a coach? And I, I also, I'll follow it up with, have you ever been surprised by someone becoming a coach and you're like, man, I had no idea that guy would be a coach? Um, you know, you you kind of already see it. You know, yeah. just some of the guys have have leadership qualities. Some of the guys have certain study habits, um, and it's just a passion that 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 you, you could just see it. You know, the guys light up when it comes to to football, and I think it's beyond just the physical part of you know going out there and competing and dominating other guys. It's just on a different level. I think those those are the guys that uh you know, are going to put the most time in to get the most out of it. You know, they, they, they usually end up, end up being great coaches down the line. So I think it, a lot of times you can, you can tell. Um, I don't know if I had any, anybody who I didn't think 
would be a coach, but they are. But. Yeah, I just I always wonder, and we've heard from some guys. We talked to some guys who actually played with Dan Campbell, who's the Lions coach, and uh, he's just yeah. he's kind of a meathead, you know. But but everyone who played with him are like, yeah, he was pretty smart though. Like he's a meathead. You could tell that he had a chance to be a coach, and now he's a head coach. So you know, sometimes it's not always the same personality. It's not always like the purely studious guy. Right. Um, right. What are you right. doing? What are you doing now with yourself? Where are you living? Uh, man, I live out in California, in Southern California, and just out here with my family, a little stay-at-home dad life for for the time being. Um, you know, working on some other things as well. But um, <clears throat> you know, really, I have three girls. You know, I'm nice. married with with three young girls. So you know, I always knew that I would dedicate a, a certain amount of time. And their young young um, lives to just being with them for a while, and then moving on to the next phase of of, of my life. So I, I have a few things planned. I don't want to speak on it too much, but yeah. uh, definitely, uh, definitely let you guys know. <laughs> really, sure. always uh, looked out for me, man. You, you already know. Yeah, Eric Wright's with us. It's a full time job being a dad, especially to three girls. Are you paying attention? To uh, what's going on at UNLV for football? Um, you know, USC for football. Are you keeping an eye on both. Yeah, I, I keep I keep a good eye on everything football related. I'm pretty pretty uh, pretty excited for the future, man. That's what we've been saying that for a long time in regards to UNLV football. But you know, I think it's I think it's different when you when you put as much money and <laughs> put as much money into uh, moving things along as as we did. I think uh, the urgency is there. So, and we made the change, but I'm excited about it. I was, uh, you know, we were invited to a luncheon, which it was sort of like a meet and greet off the record luncheon, some media members with uh, Barry Odom. And man, I got to tell you, Eric, it is, this is no knock to the previous regimes. And I say that plural, but it seemed like it was the first time that we sat down with the professionalism, sort of with the approach, how things are going to be handled. I'm putting it all out there the honesty, everything on the table, I would say since John Robinson. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've heard similar things, um, even regards, uh, regarding the recruiting and just different things like that. Locally, uh, you know, my, my mom retired out in Vegas, so I, I have a lot of friends out there as well. And I, from what I'm hearing <clears throat> on the recruiting front, you know, guys are impressed. Um, guys have been seeing UNLV a lot more than they have in the past. So that, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing because we definitely will want to keep a lot of guys uh, in Las Vegas if we can. I think that's part of the key to turning this thing around. You know, we hear a lot about the running Rebels, right, with UNLV. And, and when are we going to get back to the glory days? You hear from the alumni, you know, the Mark Wades, the Freddie Banks, the Eldridge Hutchins, the Larry Johnsons, the Greg Anthonys from those days, J.R. Ryder, Everett Gray from that era so on and so forth, um, when it's going to get back. When when you're a UNLV football alumni, there's not really a lot of success to hang your hat on. They've been to a few bowl games, but is there still the same inner passion in your heart that you, you know, it's like you don't want to say, well, we want to get back to what we once were because there really wasn't something to, like I said, hang the hat on. But is there still right. that inner pride like, hey, come on, let's get this Rebel program, you know, intact? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I spent three semesters at UNLV, so it's not a lot of lot of time. But you know, UNLV uh, allowed me to continue my playing career and, and and put me in a position to where I could live out my dreams and go to the NFL. So, you know, not to mention the, the amazing relationship that I that I've had 
and just being there for that short amount of time. But, I mean, you want to see the program go off and do great things, and whether it's doing great things for the first time or, or going back to some sort of glory days. I just want to see success uh, for the program, for the kids there, um, and for all the fans that's been sitting here for years waiting for something to, to pop off, you know. We got a beautiful stadium. We got great uh, investments in the football program in particular, and the, the basketball program has always been cool on that end. We got NIL, um, NIL deals and transport portal opportunities, you know, to keep some of the Las Vegas guys at home. You know, we got an opportunity to make this thing go. So, I mean, I'm excited for for. For that to happen, because it's it's still it always feels like it's just right there. Yeah, I mean, eventually the football guys got to bless us. I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 excited for it because I, I I got a lot of love and respect for for you and LZ. Um, obviously, I had the SD connections and stuff too, but you know, right. you and LZ is, is what what I hang my hat on. I've never not said anything other than that uh, when I once I got to the league. So there's been you and LZ out. You know. This is that that's one hundred percent true. I know for that know that for a fact and I know that if your name comes out with Mark Wallington, the sports information director, oh, nothing but but good things to say. And I know the, the that you keep a close eye on the entire community because like I said, it's it during especially during the football season, college and pro, your your Twitter is entertaining. So about you know, let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders now with the situation they have. You keep a close eye on the entire NFL. Um, Derek Carr gets released. There's now an opening. Plenty of speculation. Do they go after Aaron Rodgers? Do they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, do they trade for Mac Jones? Do they try to find somebody that has McDaniel's ties so they know the system? What do you see in what they need to do? Because I personally feel the defense needs to be built, the offensive line, invest the money there, think elsewhere than investing in a big-time quarterback that probably is not going to be around that long. Right, right. No, I, I, I agree. I see it the same way. I think first and foremost, man, God, God bless that man, Derek Carr, man. You know, he, he, he did all he could. He did all he could do, man. It's been without going into everything. It's, it's been kind of crazy in that organization <laughs> in recent times. I think he, he held himself. Um, he was a leader. He did, a, he did a lot of good things, man, for what he could. I wish he was a little more mobile, though. So I think if we can go in that direction. With the with the quarterback situation, whether it's uh, a young guy or you know in free agency, personally personally straight up, I would go for Aaron Rodgers. That's just me. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever. What about seen. Lamar Jackson? Oh man, if we can if, if the Raiders can go in that direction, man. <laughs> yes, yes, I, yes. I, but but I mean, I don't know financially. Financially, where they're at, I can't speak to their cap situation and all. I know they have some draft picks, though, uh, so they can get to it in a number of different ways. Um, I like the passing situation better uh, with Aaron Rodgers. You know, you got Devontae out there. You got Wallers out there. Um, you want to make sure they, they, they get the ball. Not to say Lamar wouldn't be able to, but, you know, you, you got to create the offense a little bit different with Lamar. Um Oh, man, I think they're ready to go, but they do have to address the defense, and, and more importantly, uh, more importantly, they need to focus on either turning the ball over or limiting turnovers because they're always towards the bottom in turnover ratio, and that's what this game is about. The game is about the ball. Mm. So if we can get you know a quarterback or somebody 
offensively he was going to protect the football for one, and then defensively you got guys obviously up front with Max and them who can get to the quarterback. How can we create more turnovers to give our offense with this, this loaded offense more and more opportunities to go score more points? Eric, good job, man. We appreciate the convo, and uh, we'll get you uh, back to the girls here. And thanks for uh, you and Willie hooking up on this. That was a good conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, E-Dub. There he is, Eric Wright, former NFL player, played at UNLV, former cornerback, played at USC as well, and spent time in the NFL for about seven years with the Browns, the Lions, the Bucks, and the Niners. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Young gets the offensive board, turns the corner, count it, and one. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Desiree Young in a, a game earlier this season, actually uh, real recent, uh, against Boise State. Uh, that was heard up on the uh, Mountain on their website. Um, if you check that out last night, you could have seen the uh, Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network uh, run a Rebel game. Matt Never and myself were on the call. That is on uh, Cox 125 and Fox 5.2 and also fed to the Mountain. That'll be the last game for the men, uh, at least using that channel. So we appreciate all the efforts of uh, Fox and uh, what Cox has put together with Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. There are going to be some more women's games, including tomorrow. Uh, Never and myself will be calling that game. That's a 6.30 start. Boy, last night was rough. That was um, – rock bottom is kind of a harsh term, but it felt bad out there. A small crowd, San Jose State, not a, a program that has had a lot of success. But, you know, Steve Alford is the coach of the year. There's no doubt in my mind. In the Mountain West Conference, Tim Miles is like a close second. What he's done in a year and three quarters at San Jose State to get them the 16 wins. And they're in fifth place. They're, they're not a deep team, but they got a bunch of transfers. They shoot the ball well. They got a real dangerous player in Amari Moore. And they handled the Rebels – at the Thomas and Mac, pretty easily. They, they got out to a comfortable lead, and that was the lead most of the game. Well, and with – didn't Wyoming pull off an upset yesterday? And so Yesterday was, by- was crazy, and that's what allowed, because New Mexico's kind of falling apart. Jalen House right. is now hurt. We're going to get Jeff Grammer from the Albuquerque Journal on next hour, so we'll talk about New Mexico. But, yeah, everyone around the conference at the beginning of the year when the teams started out, whatever it was, a combined you know 26-0, and because New Mexico kept running with the unbeaten record – Everyone around the conference was like, hey, this is good, man. You need New Mexico. You need UNLV to be you know, well above average. And both teams have just fallen on tough times for different reasons. And remember, I, I mentioned last week, Willie, about you know, the, the hopes that five teams were going to make it from the Mountain West Conference. And right. I, I said it at the time. The league is going to cannibalize itself because the teams at the bottom and the middle are not bad. And we just saw it last night. Wyoming has almost no roster left, but they can shoot the three. They go into New Mexico. And they handled them pretty easily. And San Jose State is playing really confident basketball. And you talk about cannibalizing. I'm not sure the schedule on the top four and who's got whom left. But San Diego State, Nevada, Boise State, Utah State sitting, uh, Utah State sitting one and a half games in front of San Jose. If those four play one another and beat each other up at some point for the second games that they have to meet, San Jose continues on their run. They could creep into a top three seed. It's not, it's, not, it's not unlikely. I don't, I don't think that'll happen, but... Um, Anything's possible in this conference. Could, I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah. But, I predicted yeah. last week that I thought the, the net rankings for these teams, the five teams at the top, would be somewhere between 
30 and 55. I didn't know Jalen her, uh, House was going to get hurt, so New Mexico's probably going to be worse. So three teams. I would be happy if I were the Mountain West Conference if they had three teams come out of the conference. You want to go to the Mountain West Conference Tournament? Call Ari right now, 364-1100-364-1100. Call her number seven. You can grab your tickets at the MW.com slash 2023. It's good for one of the sessions and two games of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, March 5th to the 11th.